you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Is it, though, a question or a decree? It's actually a decree. Hmm. It's a statement. It's letting you know. <laughs> it's letting me know. I'm making you like it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> so I like that, and I don't have a say in the matter. I, I like it. Correct. If, okay. if, uh, if I'm walking by you and I tell you you like that, you just lost all personal freedom. You have to like it. All right. Okay. I'll, <laughs> it's tough but fair, I suppose. Tough but fair. David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. There he was, Kirk Cousins. I do like that, and I did like him quite a bit when we had that powerhouse sit-down conversation about his very popular catchphrase. Um, now he's looking ahead to a trip to San Francisco, where if you believe all the rumors of about two years ago, it looked like he was headed, Kirk was, to join Kyle Shanahan and company. But then all of a sudden, Jimmy G was dropped in Shanahan's laughed, uh, lap, um, sent over from the uh, New England region of Football America. Anywho, hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope you're ready. I hope your hearts, your eyeballs, your guts, all the rest of you are ready for what figures to be a compelling divisional round after a dynamite quartet of games on the wild card week. Eddie Spaghetti back there behind the glass. How are we? Uh, it's a strange week for me, for Giants fans. Joe Judge. I mean, Joe. Congratulations, bro. You never heard of the guy before, and now he's your head coach. We yeah, we started off on a high because you're kind of like, okay, McCarthy was the safe hire. I think Giants fans would they would have been a little more afraid if it was like a Lincoln Riley or an Urban Meyer type hire. McCarthy, you feel okay about it. And then um, the Giants, you know, all signs are pointing to Matt Rule, obviously, and you wake up Tuesday morning, and it's uh, David Tepper flies into Waco, into Matt Rule's home like he was the recruit. And uh, and gives him a blank check, and now he's wow. the head coach of the Panthers and the Giants. I know it's weird, and plus, by the way, so you get neither the retread head coach, a guy who's at least had some experience, right. which feels uninspired most of the time, right? And you also didn't get anybody who Sean McVay has known. You get you get just some rando guy who happened to be. 
I'm not diminishing him. I have no idea what he's going to be capable well, of doing. Yeah, but. and the weird thing was the the few hours between because it happened kind of close to it together. So like when Rule was hired before Judge was hired, that time between was everything was like, oh, this is going to be Jason Garrett. Like Jason Garrett is going to probably going to end up being the Giants head. Coach. Imagine that. And See, that's that what I bad. that's what I'll say to you, Gents fans out there. If you think that this is bad and you're upset about it, it could have been Jason Garrett. And then what? Then you'd really, really be sad. And like the late great Jerry Orbach says at the end of Dirty Dancing, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I was wrong. I said Bill Belichick would be departing Foxborough to head over to New York. I don't. I guess he isn't going to go anywhere. He's not going to go back to the Cleveland Browns. I don't know if my Urban Meyer prediction is going to come true. I'll still hold out for that one. We'll see where Tom Brady lands. Much to be determined as we, we're not even into the offseason for eight lucky teams, um, 24 others now looking ahead to autumn of 2020. Let's, you know what, Spaghetti? You hear the Kirk Cousins sound there. Um, and that's just the start of things. As it happens, as you know, I'm a vain person, and I've met with any number of pro football players over the last year or so. So I'd like to share little snippets from my interactions with some uh, some of the nicer, more enjoyable fellas that we did kibitz with that are playing this coming weekend, uh, Derek Henry and beyond. Um, before all that, though, let's just do it out of order here, Spaghetti. Let's get to the main course here, and then we'll go back and pick at the hors d'oeuvres. Sure. Is there any culture that does it that way i was just gonna say like the french do but i don't know do the french do it that i know the spanish tapas it's little dishes here and there yeah we'll have tapas but first let's eat a substantial meal for lunch right i'm fine with that isn't that how the isn't that how they do in spain don't they eat their big meal during the day and then they go and they nap and then they just pick at things like late like the midnight dinner at top of yeah you're right that's what that's what the ddfp will be today so that's it spaghetti with no further ado it's just you and me today let's do the divisional round red challenge flag picks red challenge flag picks i heard you try to pick up the slack there i got it i I was in that one handsome hank off traveling uh football globe yeah he's in like three different countries Good yeah i know um and uh let's get into it here spaghetti and then we'll chop up um the other big pro football news out there and if you want to talk any fantasy football we can my Absolutely. my fantasy league specifically there's been a lot of i don't know slander i don't know if that's what you call it out there from if you're familiar with his work uh cousin sal you may have seen him on the the kimmel show oh, yeah and um he does a, you know, he does some stuff for FS1, and then uh, his friend Simmons, you know, I don't know that one, Bill Simmons, oh, okay. sports guy. I'll look him up. Um, he, they're in a fantasy league um, that I'm in too, and because they're raw about the fact that I have now won the title two out of the last three seasons, which I don't know. Does that make Does that make me a dynasty? I don't. I'm not clear. Two is a weird one. People, two out of three. Uh, two out of three is good. Is but I. There, there was a discussion, I don't know how long ago, but it was like, you need three. Like, people said a dynasty is three and five. I kind of agree with that. Okay. Um, that checks out. But anyway, they're they're quite raw, and they feel ashamed that uh, to, to, to once again be uh, watching Damashek celebrate the victory parade and all the rest of it. Um, so, so, listen, now they're taking pot shots because they... I ha- It's a big trophy in our league. It's a big... The, the, the main thing you get, the main victory of winning the the fantasy league is is that you get to kick out somebody yeah 
at the draft on the eve of the season kickoff. And so it's therefore it's too late for you to reasonably get into another fantasy league. And you're there with your peer group. And then you have to pick up all your stuff and leave the draft in front of everybody. Could you swap out like a, a punishment or is it that that's that has to be the one you kick? You get kicked. You have to kick somebody. Gotcha. Out. Yeah, you have to kick somebody out in this league. And now people are already, you know, saying overly nice things. I can see it from a mile away, but lucky for them. If I didn't mention it earlier, I'm vain. And so I respond to that. Your flattery will get you everywhere with Damashek. Some people too prideful to engage in that sort of thing. In fact, Simmons and Sal going 180 degrees in the other direction, disparaging me in public forums. Mm, Because as it happens about two-ish, three-ish years ago, I totaled my car. Not my fault. Other driver immediately on the scene, the police, the other driver, everybody said, well, clearly this is that other person pulled right in front of me. I couldn't, I was, I, I was helpless to do anything about it. Um, but one of the victims of that, uh, of that crash, not only was my car totaled, so too apparently was the very large trophy that I had in the, in my trunk. Why was it in my trunk? It's not your business. Why? I, I don't know. I was going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'd like to convince everybody of the myth that I was using this gigantic uh, five-foot-tall trophy as my hood ornament, but I don't know that maybe that makes it sound better. But anyway, it was lost to history, and uh, and so now I'm expected to replace it. But what, you grown men need a trophy for their fantasy football? What about the fact you get to kick somebody out and humiliate them? Isn't that a That's greater prize? Much better. My league does not have a um, does not have a trophy. First of all, well, what you need is a kickout rule. Mm. And two, all teams, all fantasy leagues need to go auction because it creates a lot of heat, a lot of excitement. Mm. You know, I, I encourage you, nay, demand that you go and do that. All right, listen, we played the red challenge flag picks and the fantasy uh, title has already been settled. Let's look ahead, though, to the divisional round, shall we? And let's look at Santa Clara, California. The aforementioned Kirk Cousins paying a visit to Jimmy G and company, the number one seed in the NFC. I feel like... A lot of people off the top of my head, not since I'm trying to think even who really compares as a number one seed that feels like collectively the fans are kind of like, yeah, I don't know. But as we talked about in his virgin run here on the, the DDFP a couple of days ago, D'Angelo Hall joined. Us. It was he great, really yeah. was gangbusters. It was really good. And the feedback has been uh, has been outstanding for him in his first run. So we'll look forward to getting him back, too. But I floated this to him. Uh, and uh, Spaghetti and Handsome Hank, I feel like, with the possible exception of the Niners, that the Titans are better than everybody in the NFC. The the Niners have to win this Super Bowl to finally get respect. There's nothing they could do that people will trust them until they actually win. The season's over, then you could say they actually were a good team. I, I think, unless you're a 49ers fan, the general public... Uh, or of NFL fans probably felt the two best NFC teams were the Saints and probably the Packers because just because of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not that I agree with that, but um, I think they're just a team because the lack of humongous quarterback play and the uncertainty at running back and they really didn't get a, a, a name receiver until Manuel Sanders midseason. It's just like one of those. I mean, they have George Kittle, who's amazing. Their defense obviously is amazing, but. I think football in this last year and change two years, this era is like, you need to have a potent offense for us to trust you. That they, I mean, they ended up still with the number one seed Mm -hmm. and everybody points to the Seahawks game that they lost in Santa Clara. Of course, they didn't have Emmanuel Sanders. They didn't have George Kittle. Their two best 
pass catchers and they didn't have their kicker who would have won the game for them in overtime. So they would have been even better. I feel like it's very strange. It's been a recurring point here on the show this season. Yeah, you're exactly right. They have done a number of things that are worthy of, for what it matters, your fan respect and for um, the, the the sense that they are very credibly a Super Bowl contender right sure. now. But to the matter at hand, Vikings, 49ers, Eddie Spaghetti. Juice. <laughs> Did I, if I gave away my pick with that explanation, uh, I'm going to go with the road team here. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Upset special. Eddie, I'm going to throw it. it. I'm throwing it, and I'm going to pull it right back here. But, yes, I am going to throw it, and I'm going to take the Niners at home because, on one hand, I like the mojo. I feel like, you you, you know, if you're the Vikings, this has been a legitimate. I know that pro football players like to say, we don't hear the outside noise and no one's worried. And Kirk never cared that the media was questioning, the fans never were questioning. I think – that is nonsense. Of course, people hear that noise. They're human beings, after all. And Kirk knew that he was not coming up clutch in big spots. That was the narrative that was forming around his career. And now he's vanquished that in a in a really rugged environment to win that game in overtime. Uh, preceded, of course, big throw to, um, to Thielen to set up the game-winning yeah. touchdown and all that. I think they're feeling good. Ultimately, Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins close to a wash. Is that fair? Or are you uh, going to go Cousins I would, over? I would, I would slide with Cousins, yeah. The bottom line for me is Dalvin Cook looked really good, which surprised me in New Orleans. I thought he had a uh, the shoulder was not going to be right, but he looked just fine yep. running against the Saints. And I do think the Vikings are kind of built to stop that run attack that the Niners like to throw at everybody. So then it does boil down to QB versus QB, except for the reality. And believe me, the Vikings can get after Jimmy G. Sure. But I think with D Ford back and now Tart back on the back end for the Niners, that that defense is pretty close to hole. Once again, I think that they can heat up Kirk Cousins. He does not love the pressure. No human being really does. But I don't think the the physical pressure of the, of that mighty pass rush – I think that that is enough to create a narrow victory for the home team. The Niners survive it 23-21. I like that score. I think it's going to be uh, a close game, too. It's weird that these two teams are similar in like the respect factor, how no one re- you know respects the 49ers. Uh, and I kind of think it goes back to what Hank said last week about the 49ers, that on paper, you look at this team, you're like, oh, that should be your – undoubtedly like 14 and two Super Bowl favorite uh, team, but they didn't get it done this season uh, uh, up to, you know, expectations that people set for them. But I think uh, in terms of the head to head matchup, the defense like Daniel Hunter and, and all those guys they have in the secondary, like they're, I don't want to say as good as the 49ers, but they definitely are yeah. close to them. And then on offense is the difference is there is you have just two absolute stud receivers Kyle Rudolph won the game for you in the end zone, but you also have Irv Smith, the rookie, at tight end as well. So you have two weapons there. And then Dalvin Cook is in the conversation for best running back in the league. If it's not McCaffrey, it could be Cook uh, right now. So it's like Cousins, it's all up to him if he can make enough plays versus defense. Joey, uh, Nick Bosa has the most pressures for any rookie in the history of uh, of, uh, of rookies. But I'm but, but, uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. yeah, I think that they have the pieces in – uh, uh, among their linebackers and otherwise to keep up with Dalvin Cook a little bit. Whereas I think that um, the Vikes, I, don't, I wonder how what kind of assets they have to devote to slowing down George Kittle. 
does Harrison Smith and Who? Anthony Barr? I mean, that, that it, I, Harrison Smith is a, and not even my you're going to have to Notre Dame bias. Put him on him, and you have Barr rushing the quarterback with Daniel Hunter. You have like Everson Griffin. There's just guys that can get to Jimmy G as well. Uh, and I I think something should be said of Kirk Cousins going into the dome in New Orleans, winning that game in a really raucous environment. And I know you know there's some controversy with the the push off. I don't that. understand that controversy. It, it, whatever, whatever it is, he still got the job done down there and it's a tough game and no one really expected them to go in there and, and win. Uh, and I'm not, and I kind of agree with your theory on you want to have the week off to be rested and prepared for it. And you want to have the team who just played a game come into your building and you're ready for them. But I feel like winning that game in that fashion when no one expected it and you're, you're feeling kind of good about yourselves, they, and it might be more of like a hockey thing where you want to have the hot team. You don't want to play them, but we've seen like, you know, my giants did it years back. I if you are, the, if you are the hot team going in that building, yeah. the four ers may not be ready. They, you know, they have been sitting down for two weeks now. So that could be an interesting, uh, aspect they, car- they carry the curse is supposed to the yeah. Vikings have a devil may care attitude advantage, Minnesota going in there. They are freed of any expectation. The Niners are supposed to win as the number one seed. I hear you, man. Um, Next up, then, the Saturday night special. Let's go to the AFC side. It's the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. This one, for me, recalls in 99, I think it was, so January of 2020, so 20 years ago then, the Titans were perceived to be the superior team, but the Ravens had gotten hot, and they went to the divisional round. They went into Nashville, Tennessee. This was... Wait, is that? No, no, that's not 99. No, so this is the year 2000, so January of 2001. The Titans were really good. Steve McNair, the year after the Super Bowl and all of that. And uh, the Ravens came in there with their mighty defense. And the play that um, resonates for me all these years later was when um, Steve McNair floated one to Eddie George in the flat. And Eddie George kind of got turned around and it sat on his shoulder pad. The fumble, yeah. And Ray Lewis kind of took it right off his shoulder. The Madden and ran curse. It into the yeah, end, end I remember zone. that. Yeah. Oh, that was the Madden curse? Eddie George is on the cover. That ah. They considered the Madden curse, yeah. All right, so now, like they say about revenge and being served cold and all that stuff, Titans, Ravens, choose. Uh, last week I gave my prediction of a game that could get out of hand. I think this may be the one. Huh. So I want to go with the Ravens here at home. All right. I'm going to not throw the red challenge flag, but you're calling for a blowout. I am uh, going to so, say yeah. the opposite is true here. I think Justin Tucker has to come up big in in, uh, in the fourth quarter or maybe even beyond. I do think the fans in Charm City do get to go home ultimately happy, maybe more relieved than happy because their heroes barely survived this one. 27, 24. Okay. Here's why. Here's why. First of all, this thing that has caught fire and D'Angelo and Handsome and you all seem to buy into after the one week of evidence up in Foxborough where you have the champ holding on, you know, uh, gripping like grim death to to relevance Mm -hmm. before being moved on into that good night. Okay, so they only scored 14 against them and then the the late defensive touchdown there. That doesn't mean that the Titans are a low score and grinded out team. Yeah, they grind they'll grind you with Derrick Henry all day long, but they've put up a lot of points since Ryan oh, Tannehill yeah. took over. So it's a misnomer to say, yeah, but that's not a team that can translate week after week when they're only putting up um, however many points points in the teens. That's not the the course that they've taken over the, you know, whatever it's been last 10 weeks or so of the season. Plus um, up in Foxborough, I think they can score. Watch Jimmy Smith 
and his availability in that one too, more significant than Earl Thomas, not the as big a name brand as Earl Thomas, but that would be a massive absence for them. The, they should be able to do a decent job against Eric Henry, I think. I also, so in other words, what we're talking about is Ryan Tannehill stepping up against that great secondary. Jimmy Smith's not in there though. It becomes much more mortal. Um, I think the Ravens do ultimately survive it, like I say, by a field goal. But, I mean, you know, with the proviso, as always, with the asterisk that um, in a sport in which grown, large human beings run into each other on purpose, all games are physical. But this one kind of does feel like what they're talking about when they say, oh, it's going to be a physical football game. Oh, yeah. Uh, As of this recording uh, today, Mark Ingram did not practice. Uh, Some people are freaking out about that. I don't think... Mark Ingram is clearly their best running back, but I don't think that means that this game shifts completely. I think, obviously, it's the game. It, it It's what Lamar does. That's obviously facts. But I think the other running backs they have in the roster could do enough, uh, and especially when you when your defense is preparing to stop Lamar Jackson, there will be opportunities for the running backs to get chunks of yardage. Um, I guess the Titans can't get a break. It looks like I just checked the weather just to see what it would be in Baltimore. It's going to be warm, but there may be a chance. It's like a 42% chance of rain for Saturday. So that'll be interesting if that stops their passing game again because they didn't throw the ball all that much versus the Patriots, whether that was by design because they didn't want to throw near Gilmore in the Patriots secondary or because just, you know, game script because of Derrick Henry's uh, dominance. But there was no reason to go away from it. Sure. And, uh, you know, they're they're having Corey Davis and and, and Brown, you know, the Ravens secondary uh, has some players, but not overall as good of defense as the, the Patriots have been this year so I would like if if Tannehill could start throwing the ball around the around the yard and they could and they score points it would get interesting but I just feel like if if they don't get Derrick Henry started and then you know Lamar just breaks a couple plays and they go up by like so I could see just being up like 7 10 13 points the whole game just I, like have a gap I here. hear you but like we talked about a couple days ago the thing we haven't seen and it's because of their dominance I'm not diminishing the Ravens but because of by virtue of that dominance this isn't denigrating them on any level but because of that they haven't been playing they haven't been trailing very much since the month of September um I looked it up they were tra- the latest that they trailed in a game was by 4 halfway through the second quarter hmm. that's the long that's the latest that they trailed in a game in like I think 11 games they're 11 last games so they're at minimum inexperienced with having to pull off any sort of a rally they were down a touchdown, I guess, early to the Niners in the first quarter, but that went away. Excuse me. I'm trying to think if the, uh, the, the pack, they, they had some big brand name games there, but they were never really in, in any peril by halftime of any of those. So you do wonder if they, if the rate, I mean, obviously easier said than done, but if the Titans can get into the locker room at the half and it's like, wow, we're up, we're up a touchdown here and we're getting the ball. I wonder if that spooks the Ravens. They just haven't been in that spot. No, I that that's uh, you no. Know, it will be, certainly be interesting to see how they react to that if they are down. I just feel that the team, the the team that could beat the Ravens or if that will be the Ravens in my mind won't be a team that shuts down Lamar. It's a team that just outscores them, and it's like if if that's either by turnover or it's by if the Ravens have to punt two or three times a game and they just don't stop them, and they and they have to win like a forty something to forty something game. Like that's honestly how I feel the rest of this postseason. Now, what's a team that could do that? 
could be the Chiefs. Well, let's but, talk about uh, them right now. Yeah, that, that's how I feel. I, I just don't know if the Titans with, with they're just a they're an overall good team, nothing ultra flashy, and nothing that's going to win you the game single handedly like the Ravens have. The Ravens have the single most flashy player who could win a ball game, kind of like what Cam did years back when he was MVP. That's that's just how I feel. Well, I, I'd be interested to know from a uh, D line or a uh, defensive scheme expert. Um, the breakdown on after seeing what the Pittsburgh defense tried to do against Gus Edwards, they were trying to crash the, the crash, the edges to take that away from Lamar and Gus just kept cutting it back up through the middle of that and, and really gashing them for big plays. So that is apparently taken away. I wonder if you modify as a defense based on what you saw Pittsburgh try to do, but of course, Tennessee stout in the middle as well. So it's not going to be as easy as it is against a lot of teams that Lamar Jackson and company have run against, but to Sunday morning, here we go. Houston Texans fresh off their overtime win at home. Now they travel up to Arrowhead where they've already won once. And that does matter going in against Patrick Mahomes. The chiefs do look a lot different than they did the last time they played Deshaun and company either way, a dandy matchup, at least among the two leading men, Deshaun V Mahomes, Eddie spaghetti juice. I am going to stick with the home team here. And well, at say, least you've taken an upset so far. Yeah. I've gone, I've gone all with the favorites. I'm ashamed of myself. Um, I got the Chiefs at home 31 to 20 here. I think that the defense is better. And even if it isn't better, I don't think in terms specifically of shutting down a power run game, we're not going to find out about that until next week. Um, obviously Derrick Henry or the Lamar Jackson offense will be a much bigger handful. I'm not scared of Carlos Hyde and uh, the rest of that running attack. It's about Deshaun Watson's ability to steal a game, just like he did last uh, weekend against the Buffalo Bills. I do think ultimately, though, that uh, Mahomes and company keep on rolling with the much improved over the last five, six weeks. Defense, like I say, an 11-point victory at home. Yeah, I mean, the the Texans-Bills game, part of it I was like in awe of what Deshaun Watson can do. It's almost like a Russell wilson light kind of thing where you always just pick him to win who will find a way to win. The other thing that's kind of disappointing is they have so many great players on this team and they never – like. There was for most of the game, I thought all oh, the Bills are actually going to win this one in Houston. Like it, to me, it's disappointing. You have so many good players, and they just don't. They don't. Uh, they don't shine in the game. They don't. They, they don't dominate the game. And I just don't think you have that ability to play mediocre football versus the Chiefs. You know, if it's true that Andy Reid hasn't even used like half his playbook, he's saving it all for the postseason. You're versing the best quarterback in the game. You have uh, Eric Bieniemy as uh, running the show on offense, who should be probably and he should have been an NFL head coach years ago. And I want him to be uh, in the mix for the. Giants this year I mean, you have like these geniuses running this this offense and uh you know with with the passing attack with Tyreek Hill running by you and having uh Travis Kelsey run his option routes and even getting like handoffs in the backfield and all the, their, the trickery they have and it's just I don't know I don't I don't think I actually did say the Ravens Titans game might be a blowout this one I feel it'll be a two-score game as well uh, I'm with you and that is apparently not a small factor although it is weird from the outside looking in we all just accept like oh well those guys played an extra quarter of football and so that uh, really peters them out it's like uh, should that really be that severe it was on Saturday also for what that's worth so they did get an extra day more rest than they than they typically would have right um but uh okay I yeah and so I no offense Texans fans I would be this would be I think of all the teams that are left here out of the eight, the team 
again, take this in the spirit in which it's intended. Take yourself away from it, Texans fan. You certainly are worthy of seeing your team get to a Super Bowl and make some hay. Um, I think if the Texans survive, it's kind of unsatisfying, right? For sure, totally. Because they, they're coming off the most unsatisfying victory. I know they won in dramatic fashion. They won, like you're saying, they played in overtime, played an extra quarter. But it's not the same as the Vikings going to New Orleans as an underdog and winning, an overtime, uh, winning that game. Yeah, it just doesn't feel it's, like this team ends up winning the Super Bowl. So then what's the point? The Texans had to pull out a game versus Josh Allen, who was as sloppy as you could be as quarterback. And it's just like when they came to your building. And it's just, like I said, they're a frustrating team or an underwhelming team that has a lot of talent, a lot of big names. And they just don't put it together. And if they somehow, if you know, Mahomes goes down with an injury or a lot of turnover, whatever you know, sloppy football happens, and the Chiefs lose that game, that would be really bad because uh, I think then the title game would be a blowout. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, that's the spirit. And by the way, back to the Ravens thing, the one I always look to, we always talk about the curse of supposed to, and when you're supposed to do it, there's a lot of pressure on you. I always think of UNLV. After they obliterated Duke by 35 or whatever it was in the preceding spring's title game, then they see Duke again, and they're trying to go undefeated that year. Um, UNLV, you're probably too. Do you? You're actually you are too young to remember that, right? The the team when like Duke, Stacey, with Bobby Hurley Stacey, and Christian Leitner beat that uh, beat that UNLV team with like Stacey Ogman and yeah. uh, Larry Johnson, all those yeah. guys. I remember, yeah, I know. I know. Do you I, remember that? I mean, I, it's always like ESPN Classic stuff or Thirty for Thirty or something on. But the, it literally would have been happening when you were maybe like six months. I was older. born in May '92. So right. Yep. So yeah, that's oh how sad for me. Um, it was a good game. You should go back and watch it. But UNLV. <laughs> Hadn't been challenged all season long, and suddenly they were in a game like, wait, this team, this Duke might beat us. And, you know, you feel the panic just emanating through your TV or otherwise. I would be interested to see the Ravens in that spot. It's just really a historically dominant run that they've been on. These They just rarely even get challenged, you know. A few mm. games down the stretch were tight there. But um, uh, to our last game then. So, yeah, I, I, by the way, also the thing to watch out for is if you're a Chiefs fan, it's fun if the upset happens against the team you assume you're going to have to go and play. Those people who root for Arrowhead, um, it's so fun. I've, as a Steelers fan, I can think of, at minimum, the one game in 95 that the Steelers and uh, – or Jan what was it? 90, yeah, January of 95, where you thought that – the Steelers were going to have to go through Arrowhead against a 13 and three chiefs team. But then the Colts went in there and upset them. And so the Colts came to you and all of a sudden it was like home game. I got to get back there for that game. Arrowhead can suddenly swing on Saturday night. If the Ravens fall, all of a sudden you have somebody coming to you. Mm -hmm. If you can just vanquish the Texans and that's the sweet spot of life quickly. If they, if they just somehow, if, if the Titans are coming to Arrowhead to play this game, would you feel any different about it? If the Titans you just say if the Titans somehow are coming to, would you feel worse about the Chiefs or is it is the, I mean, the Chiefs at a level where they're good enough or you think just because of matchup based the Texans? Because I, I I'm unsure how I feel. I think the Chiefs are my Super Bowl champion, but uh, I feel like the Titans versus the Chiefs would be a game where I'd be like, oh, that could get real interesting. For this game, the, I don't feel well. Like we already saw the Ravens embarrass the the Texans. Right. So I would not have any right. confidence that that would be anything close to a ball game. Whereas if the Titans come into KC, way different feel with all the history and everything else, I think that there would be a lot of pressure on Mahomes and everybody coming in there. The Chiefs' path, I think, to get where they have to go. If the Titans beat the number one seed, this this mighty Ravens team, then then I mean, 
you know, the sky's oh, the limit sure. I mean, that could happen. I, I don't see that happening. But I'm just, yeah, I think that's why I'm just thinking of the Chiefs' path to the Super Bowl, having the Texans as their first game, their home game. I feel like it could be a relatively easy game for them. That's why, I again, that's why I think they're going to be my Super Bowl team. Uh, I already picked that. But I think if it was the tight, it was reversed where the Titans are coming there in the divisional round, I would feel a lot different about the rest of the, the playoffs. Um, lastly, there are at least three that I can think of. There was the Fail Mary game. Um, there was the, um, there was the boss of the craziest, most heartbreaking one sided in terms of heartbreak game I've ever seen when the Packers should have beaten the Seahawks nine times over. And instead they lose in overtime because just a series of flukes and bad decisions highlighted by, um, what was the guy's name? Brian Bostic, the backup tight end who tried to field the onside kick and uh, hit him in the yeah, shoulder or yeah. whatever. That was terrible. But anyway, you have that one, and then you have Matt Hasselbeck saying, we're going to take the ball because we're going to win. Um, and then they lost. But anyhow, all prelude to Sunday, the anchor game of the divisional round here in January 2020. Seahawks, Packers, spaghetti. Choose. Well, here's my second upset special, although this one I could uh, say I don't feel as confident about. But everybody I likes this one. cannot pick against – Russell Wilson, I don't believe in the Packers, so my pick is Seattle. Can you believe it? I'm going straight chalk. I'm going all home favorites. I feel like that stinks. I apologize to you all. In fact, let's do it backwards. I'll, well, first of all, I'll tell you, I think the Packers get it 26-21. Hmm. It's supposed to be really cold. Let me check the weather on that one. Aaron Rodgers is um, statistically over the course of his career. It's something we point at quite a bit. Maybe it's a little overstated, but it still does matter if it's frigid. And guys have barely been out in it. The Seahawks did okay against the Vikings in that historically frigid game in the U of Minnesota's stadium for that one season when they played them outside. What are you shaking your head about? The, What's the weather? The low is 15. The high is 25. It'll be relatively not too sunny. Bad. Yeah, but I... Well, it'll, the sun will be down, though, so it'll be 15. It'll be at nighttime. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I could not imagine living there. That is something else. I find it. I find it kind of nice. And when I go, well, of course, cool. every time I go into it, the last twenty years, it's all. I I I already know I'm going to be in the cold for a finite stretch. So I love it. <sighs> I if I knew it was like the next four months are going to be like this, I don't know. That would be a tough pill to swallow. I, I would be like Tom Coughlin, like red face yeah. when you like rub the Vaseline on it. It's that's miserable. I mean, those those are strong people. DK uh, Metcalf said that he's not going to wear sleeves. Terrific. Good for you, DK. That'll that'll spook everybody in the joint. They live in it. You understand, DK. You're not intimidating anybody by doing that. Um, anyhow, I think Aaron Rodgers, all the questions, this and that, I think they – I mean, the bottom line is that um, I think that the Packers' offense can move the ball on the Seahawks, and I think that with uh, what they have at running back, the Seahawks, or rather what they don't have – at running back at this point, Marshawn Lynch periodically making little cameos and then Homer. I mean, it's it. they don't have anything that scares you in the run game. So then you sit on the pass with Russell Wilson and the Packers happen to have a great secondary and they can chase the QB. And so I think that spells ultimately a closer than expected. In my, I think in a lot of ways, or actually, well, than expected by whom? I don't know by who Who does these uh, expectations, these prognostications. But I'm saying that the Packers get out of there with a five-point victory, and they move on to play the Niners. But let's go backwards now to your point. 
if you're listening to Dave and Spaghetti right now and you want to figure out, okay, you made four picks, but which are the ones that you really believe in? Let's rank the ones you're most confident in the result. Okay. Uh, let's do this for let's for uh, for the tracker of the red challenge flag picks, Andrew Raby. Sure. Let's jazz it up a little bit for ourselves. Let's do weighted picks. Let's do it confidence pool style. Okay. So go ahead. What's your four game, which is the one you're most confident in? Most confident, without a doubt, it's Chiefs over Texans. Did you give a score? I did not, but I said I said that it, I could see this being a, it's a minimum two score game. I'm with you. That's my four game too. Um, my three game, in, as far as confidence goes, believe it or not, I'm going to say the Packers. Hmm. I'm confident that the Packers are going to win that game. It's all. I mean that it is all Russell week, Wilson. I, it is right. all Russell Wilson. Well, the new the new interesting tidbit is having Tyler Lockett is is as good and as solid and is probably not a big enough name across the country as he should be. But then now having a physical freak and DK Metcalf making plays for you, uh, I think that helps him a bit. Like I said, this this pick I'm making is not really a football X's and O's pick. It's more of just like a team of destiny, which which I hate that cliche. But it's just like I just don't want to pick against Russell Wilson. And yeah, they should have won by a bigger margin in Philadelphia, especially with Carson Wentz going down. Uh, I mean, if Carson Wentz finishes that game who knows what the score is but um well, it tracks mix. differently too sure but, but it, it's a it's just a mix of the packers and and rogers being underwhelming this year and and the seahawks just every game so that's your finding three a way game? To be in it. no no, no I, i'm saying why i oh. no my three game is the ravens over the titans the afc games are I that makes sense confident. i'll make that my two game so then what's your two game the vikings over the 49ers <laughs> Vikings over 49ers, yeah. and that's my one game. I really can absolutely see the Vikings winning that game. And, again, just looking at then what that would mean for the matchups, if I'm right and it's Vikings at Packers, I guess that's good. That's a fun NFC rival game, sure. the Brett Favre Bowl and all that. Or you get Vikings at Seahawks. That was a pretty good game they played, what, about five, six weeks ago up mm-hmm. in Seattle. I wouldn't mind seeing that um, that rematch close to I almost picked that one that's how close these calls are for me um and then the Niners potentially hosting the Seahawks is pretty snazzy stuff but then again Aaron Rodgers coming into uh, his neck of the woods where he grew up we know about that that would be uh, a compelling NFC title game as well the most important one and I you know Titans and and Texans again I have to say it I, I you know your fan, uh, the fan base and everything you deserve, J.J. Watt. By the way, that's one reason. I like J.J. Watt. I think it's lovely, the work that he does in Houston, sure. uh, Children's Hospital and all that kind of stuff. But understand where I'm coming from. We got to see Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That Come on. Know. That's our suit. That's that's the Super Bowl, yeah. man. The AFC title game, we need to have Ravens versus Chiefs. The NFC, whatever the the mix is, I'm fine with any outcome. I think any of those four Vikings, Niners, Hawks, and Packers, any of those mix of four could be a, a, a good uh, NFC championship. But AFC has to be Lamar versus Mahomes. Uh, spaghetti, lay it on me. Um, what sound do we have to play here? Uh, we have some Stefan Diggs. We have some Rashawn Evans. Uh, yeah, play Zach- Rashawn Evans. This is good because as the um, college football title game approaches, Rashawn Evans connected some dots for us when we met up with him in Nashville, Tennessee, 
a few months back, and we talked about Nick Saban and uh, Bill Belichick and all that. Let's take a listen to Evans. Mike Brady, he's a great coach. Um, I feel like some of them, they kind of they kind of compare in different ways as far as how they coach. Very hands-on, very, you know, assertive, you know, with certain things that they want done. So, um, and he's a he's a Patriot guy. You know, Patriot guys are they kind of the blue-collar type mm-hmm. players, just like Alabama players. So, um, I, I feel like it's just some similarities with those two guys. For That's sure. funny you say that, because Brady yeah. seems super loose, even though he did come from yeah. the Belichick He's, the, he's the new, I think he's like the new era Belichick. A little be, more little player, bit more friendly, player friendly, a lot younger. Um, mm-hmm. He can he can relate to a lot of the players, you know, a, a little better than what Belichick can because, you know, Belichick his age group is a lot older than some of these guys. But at the same time, I mean, Belichick's his 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 resume speaks for itself. I liked him very much. Well, that was, by the way, if the if you thought what was going on with the sound there, it's because we were working a drive-through window at Zaxby's. While and, we were yeah, there. that's what I was gonna say. He he's he's serving out uh, chicken sandwiches and uh, and salads and, and the right. like. But he's also given uh, insight about you know Vrabel In- being how Vrabel's like a, a hybrid of Saban and Belichick, but he's just a younger version. He's more relatable and stuff. It was uh, it was a pretty uh, pretty good answer, pretty candid answer for him. So yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, what else do we have? We have uh, Stefan Diggs, who uh, talks about Kirk Cousins and his confidence level of him. We also have, uh, who am I forgetting? We have a whole chunk with Derrick Henry. We have some Lamar Jackson. We have some. You know what? I like Lamar Jackson. Let's finish the show off with uh, with our conversation with Lamar Jackson the, the night he got drafted. But before that, um, throw at me here a little um, digs on Kirk Cousins. And this is at last year's Super Bowl talking about the confidence that he and Thielen and you may recall the tumult. And by the way, it continued even into the wild card round. Some some stuff going on there, but, you know, they're still alive for another week. And it sounds like Diggs is, at the time of this recording, is destined to play this weekend. But in the meantime, here is Diggs talking about Cousins – at all. I'm 100% with him. I, I believe he can win just because he has a winner mentality. He has a winner mindset, and he got winners around him. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge to add a couple more pieces, but uh, he has everything that he needs as far as you know. We have the talent on the offense, and we have the guys that want him. When we have good character guys that work hard, so uh, we got the solid. We got a foundation built. We just got to build off it. I found Diggs to be very likable, but then he's kind of gone against a lot of the stuff about how he's cool with drawing the top uh, cover corner and freeing up Thielen and beyond. But it feels as though he's gotten a little raw about uh, his lack of targets in, in big games. There. Yeah. But then, you know, Thielen gets injured this year and Diggs becomes the guy. And I know it started off rough for them with, with cousins, not, uh, you know, winning the games they wanted to like the first what three or four weeks of the season. And now it's like, they're at the point, this Vikings versus 49ers uh, divisional game is the, basically it's the, the, the quarterback, the, the prove-it bowl, because if the winner of this game, I feel like if Jimmy G wins, it's like, okay, we could trust Jimmy G, and if Kirk Cousins wins, it's like, okay, I trust Kirk Cousins That's a good now. name for it. I like that. And and now you have these court like, you know, if they, if the, the Vikings win with Diggs, Cousins, and, and the like, they win this game, and now Cousins, I think, loses that whole, he can't win versus, uh, you know, teams above 500, can't win primetime, can't win Monday Night Football, and so it's it's a it's a humongous game for for him, but also for Jimmy G as well. It, uh, boy, it really is. And here's uh, cra- as everybody tries to put Tom Brady um, out on the open market and predict where he's going to land. If Jimmy G had one of those Jake DeLome kind of stinkers, one of those kind of all-time atrocity games, 
Um, I wonder if then there would be some sentiment like let's let's let Tom come in here for one year. That's also the weird. I think thing. it would lose you Jimmy G though, so I think it seems pretty unrealistic. The weird thing about the <clears throat> this game too is like if the winner the winner of this game uh, that you trust forever, you probably would not ever uh, question their ability. The loser of this game, and I wouldn't say just if you just lost, but if you have a pretty awful game. Uh, multiple turnovers, like just no touchdown passes. There could be some discussion. It's like this team is good enough to win, but you're the reason you're holding us back. And they, there may be a controversy with. I agree because of the pressure be, yeah. of the playoffs and being expected to win this game and everything else. But I would defend Jimmy G and have all season long as the season progressed. And as you gave him Emmanuel Sanders and when George Kittle was healthy, he was making big throws in the second half of the season. I think it's, he's been a little slept on as an actual virtue for that team. Yeah. That is a loaded team overall. Like you say, um, all right, let's get, let's uh, finish it up uh, with right there. Spaghetti. Um, but let's round it out with a guy who celebrated his birthday. He's been a revelation. He's soon to be your uh, NFL MVP and who knows, maybe he'll get his, first victory in the playoffs. Yeah, would be the first because he lost to the Chargers yeah. in Baltimore last year. He'd be year. The, the fourth youngest, I think, to ever win, to a, win a playoff game. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah, fun stuff. You know, in the in the season in which all old QBs finally turned old, all of a sudden it's the, the new guard. And by the way, Pats fans, chin up or chin down. I don't know what to make of this, but uh, hey, I took a look at the AFC side of things. Guess what? You lost all four of those teams. So there you go, right? Mm. Is that something to root for? Are you one of these schnooks spaghetti who, if you're like the Patriots, like, I just want the team that beat us to win the Super Bowl because then it makes us look better. Or are you like, I want to see that team hurt? No. I, I see that team. I want to see them suffer emotionally just as they've caused me to suffer. I'm I'm weird if like, my team loses. Uh, I pretty much just look through the whole AFC or NFC and just say who, which team do I like the most? Like which, who has the most likable players, the best story. I kind of go for that. Uh, obviously if it's a rival, if the Eagles are still in this, I'm not rooting for the Eagles. Um, I would never root for the Patriots. Um, maybe the only time, the only team that I've ever done that for is the Los Angeles Kings actually for beating the Rangers. This is the only mm-hmm. team I will not root for because they, they beat them in the past. So that's, that's the one scenario. But besides that, I'm, I'm not that, well, you talk about things to root for. There are good stories on all eight of these teams still left, but uh, Lamar Jackson is the story of the 2019 NFL season, and uh, we'll see if he can keep it going this weekend. Either way, we found him delightful when we met him at the draft. We got the kibitz with him in his dark green suit and the anxiety of being the last guy left there, waiting to hear his name get called, seated next to his mom. Um, and uh, like I say, lovely guy. We'll leave you with that, and then we'll talk to you after the wild card round and in front of the divisional round. Until then, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven, and here is Lamar Jackson. You're listening to David Well, look at this. First of all, I want to give you an award, the suit of the night. Oh, I appreciate that. It's very fashionable. I don't think I would look so good in yeah. it, but, but you really make it work. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Forest green, I think is what it is, Money right? green, lucky green. Can I tell you something? It's Lamar Jackson, of course, new Baltimore Raven, yes, and uh, this was not what I wanted to see happen. I like the Steelers, and this is what I feared would be the choice they made, and now they have. How does it sit with you? Baltimore Raven. I'm happy to be a Baltimore Raven. You like that? Absolutely. I love it. What do you think about it? It's too soon to start talking. 
talking about the situation. You'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Okay. You got the you got Flacco there. You'll mm. battle that and you'll figure out what the story is later on. But have you ever been up to Baltimore? Um, I did. I went up on a visit. I had a great visit, you know, Mr. Ozzy, you know, um, Coach Harbaugh. And I felt I was going to be a Raven probably earlier. But, you know, um, they waited last pick. And, I'm just honored. Hey, you're a Heisman Trophy winner. Um, the NFL MVP, which perhaps one day you'll bring home as well, um, has no name. Who should it be named after? And what should the pose be? Like, you know, the pose of the I really Heisman. don't know. Um, I can't even tell you. No, that's not even on my mind. Who's your favorite Raven of all time? Favorite Raven? Ooh, I like Ed Reed. Oh, I like Ed Reed. That's a good I like one to go He brought a lot to the table. Even Ray Lewis. Um, that, that's what they were known for when you know when I was growing up. You know um, the defense a part of it, and defense winning championships. So I always heard that a lot watching the Under Armour commercials. But uh, Reed and Ray Lewis, I don't know, is out of those two. You should also, even though he never technically played for them, say Ozzy Newsom because he drafted. Ozzie, him. Yes, sir, absolutely. Hats yeah. out to Miss Ozzy. <laughs> did you? It, it was uh, Ozzy? Uh, was Ozzy on the phone? Is he the one who put the call into you? Um, actually, it was someone else on the phone. You know, but um, I got to talk to Mr. Ozzy. You, I, I gotta tell you, what, what, what did he have to say? Sorry for making you wait a couple extra picks there. Uh, he said, "Are you ready?" He says, "Oh, yes, sir." I'm and you ready. said, "I don't." Oh, you said yes. Yes, sir. I'm be ready. funny. It'd be funny if you were like, "I don't know." <laughs> talk me into it, you know? I don't oh know. no, they done. I waited enough. Uh, they don't gotta you talk gonna me into it. You're gonna make it worth my while, Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, <know>? did. <laughs> and you, you were the guy who they kept. They do that with the quarterbacks. Who's ever left in that room? Oh, okay. That's who they throw on the camera there. But yeah. you seem pretty good natured about it. Were you having fun? Oh, I, you know, it was a fun experience for me. You know, just being here. You know, a lot of people not able to come to the um, to the draft and just for me to be in Dallas, it was none. Oh, that's great. So you were not at all feeling like I better get picked while I'm sitting here. There was oh, at this. the end, yeah. It's like <laughs> when I'm the last quarterback and the last one there, I'm like, man, I done brought this suit out. I better be picked up. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy was teasing you for a second. He took somebody else. Like I thought, we were, I thought you were taking me, Ozzy. Good luck. Thank you. Just don't beat the Steelers. That's all. You know hey. what I mean? You can. They're, they're 14 they other games. They passed me up, too. Uh oh. Oh yeah. That, now it sounds like you're angry about that. No, I ain't angry. It's, you're gonna show them though. I'm a raven. All right, go wear purple. I'm happy. <laughs> That's a fashion forward color for I a like fashion it. forward fella. So old purple. I like that. Appreciate uh, that. Yeah, next next suit for you, purple. That's purple, right. definitely. All right, go get them. Go have a good night, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you, Mister. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.